Welcome everyone into another episode of the Home Pod Office. I'm Bobby, that's Brandon, and today we are joined by the very special host of Bend the Knee podcast, Matt Brady. Matt, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good, man. I just got off work. Uh, today's my Friday, so just, uh, you know. Nice. Like, hey, Congrats. You know, Congratulations. Four, four off, so it's like, okay, boom. <laughs> yeah, ready for, ready for that, let me tell you. Well, we're Hell glad, yeah. we're, we're uh, glad yeah, that you Thank decided. you so much for coming and joining us. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was sorry. I was just saying, you know, glad you decided to extend your work week a little bit and hang out with us uh, just to kind of ruin the start oh, of that nice okay, four-day yeah. weekend. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that, hey, no, that's fine. Actually, you know, uh, fortunately, you guys live in Central Time and you could do it early. So you get to come in here and knock it out and then you can catch some Monday Night Football after that. So it's perfect, actually. It's like perfect timing. So. Yeah, but um, all right. Let let's hop right into it. Uh, today we're talking about episode four. Um, I didn't write down the name of the episode this time because uh, clearly I'm a professional. King of the uh, King of the Narrow Sea. We... Sorry, King, okay, of, the King of the Narrow Sea. Okay, uh, This episode uh starts right off with uh Rhaenyra, uh looking for her king consort, and we are introduced to a just a line of familiar names and houses. Um, we see Don Darian. Uh, we we see we, you know that's a name that I'm sure a lot of people kind of peeked up and were like, oh, I, I know that name. Uh, we see some Blackwoods. We see uh some um some Brackens. Uh, what were y'all's initial reaction to to this scene? Love seeing Storms End for the first time. I thought it was uh thought it was pretty cool. I thought we could have get I thought we could have got a, got a little more out of it um as such a storied castle. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean we're still kind of getting that vibe from Rhaenyra that it's all just a joke to her and it's you know, it's she's just doing this because she's been told to and she's going to go through the motion. So it doesn't seem like she's kind of shifted her point of view a lot would be kind of my first initial reaction to watching her, uh, watching her in there at storm's end with the Lord Baratheon. Yeah. Um, like you said, yeah, it was cool to get to see storms end, and I think it was good also sort of, you know, episode four, um, you know, we're getting to, we're now at the point where we're beginning to flesh these characters out a little bit more and it's something we see a lot in this episode too is like Rhaenyra's uh, I guess I don't know the word re- I guess reluctance to her duties right uh yeah. and she kind of goes about things in her own way and so you even get to get to see a little bit more of that uh, in in this episode uh and then it gets expanded upon further uh from this opening opening scene where hey she's kind of put in certain positions uh in this you know this episode where I think it's like eye opening for her and it all kind of starts really in this opening scene. hundred percent. And as a, you know, uh, for me personally, I'm all about house Baratheon. That is my favorite house. So I love seeing storms End. uh, love seeing that stag up there. Um, I thought it was a very fun scene, you know, like yeah, reluctancy. Uh, I was, I was leaning more towards complacency, but I think reluctant is a great, uh, word for how she's seeing this. Um, we see one of the dope scenes of uh, of young Samuel Blackwood, uh, kind of you know going into his feel about you know of the first men and how you know he uh, the, his his family helped uh, Aegon the Conqueror, and then we get you know uh, uh, Bracken over there kind of being a bit of a bully to this kid, and uh, we saw how that ended. Uh, not great for Bracken. Um, so just 
what an absolute great scene. Yeah. And you kind of see that as Rhaenyra is walking out, she kind of looks back and she's, she's interested. She, she likes kind of the, she likes the drama of all this, as I would assume any 15, 16, 17 year old would doing this kind of lightens up her day a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, uh, obviously, you know, if, especially if you're into the books and into the, the, the world, uh, you know, you know, the Blackwood Bracken feud is a, is a, is a big one. Um, so to kind of include that is, is super awesome. I thought another pretty important point, even before the Blackwood, uh, Bracken duel, I guess it's a duel. Why would he pull out a why'd he pull out a dagger? I'm not really sure. I mean, he's got a sore. Uh, um, but Rhaenyra really not reading what she needs to do. Like as somebody that's gonna need support at some point, he, she's insulting a lot of these lords too. Not just, you yeah. know, not just disinterested or reluctant, but like out outwardly calling somebody old, you know, making fun of them because they're, they're around when her grandmother was around. And it was, it was kind of odd. Even Lord Baratheon was kind of like, Hey, you know, you probably need to chill a little bit. You know, that's, uh, these are, these are your lore. These are your people, the ones that you want to kind of support you. So, um, I think the frustration kind of boiled over into the, into the suitors know that kind of all are standing around knowing that their days of their their days and weeks and time has been wasted and uh what better you know opportunity to fight your your enemy house there uh and i don't know if you saw the uh <laughs> lord bracken was sitting there and he he thought it was pretty funny when he was when his son was getting the shots in at the uh at, at the blackwood kid but he did not think it was as funny after the Blackwood kid uh, got a hold no. of him. So <laughs> he, thought it, yeah. he thought it was less funny at that point. <clears throat> Matt, what do you, what about you, man? Yeah. De- uh, de- yeah, definitely agree. He, uh, the, the tone certainly shifted um, once it went down that way. And I, you know, th- that scene was also, it was kind of surprising too, because it definitely makes it seem like, Oh, here's this little kid who's about to get, you know, wrecked. Right. And then the next thing, you know, whoa. So uh, just sort of like sets the tone right immediately. Like this is still Game of Thrones, people. Yeah. Um, so like that was definitely that was definitely fun to, to see that. And then Rhaenyra being like, all right, I, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm, 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 I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with all this. Um, so, no, it's 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 cool. And it's just something they've been doing really well. Is like the tiny little nods to like lore and like deeper stuff that they've just been doing and they did it in um you know they've done it in all the episodes really where it's like on surface level okay that's kind of a cool you know like good opening scene but there's so much more deeper stuff in there for the like hardcore book readers too so it was great great opening scene 100 percent. um so we go straight from that to um an you know, I, I overuse this phrase. It's an amazing scene. Because, I mean, let's be honest. So many of these scenes are great. But Damon returning, um, now, uh, what, King of the Narrow Sea. He's got the, the wooden crown with, with, the, uh, with, the, with, the, with the ruby in it. Um, and we are seeing uh, kind of Rhaenyra's kind of trying to hide away. We see uh, Viserys put his crown on. And just overall, just we don't know. And we, as much as everyone else, adversaries, we don't know how this is going to go. And well, I guess we book readers have a little bit of an idea. Um, but as viewers, we don't know. 
and he ends up bending the knee, giving him the crown. Um, and we just we see the complicated relationship that is between Viserys and Damon. Uh, I mean, it might not last for long in this episode, but it is. I it was good seeing uh, a just you know Patty and Matt Smith, uh, it, you know, doing a scene together. Uh, that's a such a great duo in this show. Yeah, and we as we've talked about previously, Matt, <clears throat> the when in the scene where Matt Smith is coming in with his crown, uh, the series is there with Blackfire as usual, as usual, kind of leaning upon it and, and showing its power right front and center, you know, just to make sure everybody in this court knows, Hey, you know, I've got Blackfire everyone. Um, and right. you know, Damon kind of doing the, the very best thing that, that you can do. He gets his shot in. Hey, well, they're calling me the, the King of the narrow sea. But nah, but not me. I would, (laughs) I would. I was wearing it here. I was wearing it here because my hands were full (laughs) earlier. Is the thing is that was the easiest spot (laughs) for me to put it, and then easiest to hand it to you because my shoulders. I've been flying, dragging back all day. So it was, you know, he got to keep his keep a little bit of his pride by by saying in front of everybody, "Hey, this is what they're calling me." But no, no, not. I would never accept any humble uh, titles like that. So you're obviously the king of the narrow sea. I like the like the touch of the the sword, you know, add it to the pile, and uh, it was a, it was a great scene. But you know, we've we've talked about it. Viserys is, I think Viserys thinks, you know, so highly of family. Not that Targaryens normally don't, but in a more traditional sense, where he doesn't look at Daemon of how he could advance the House of Targaryen as much as he does love for Daemon as a brother. And so, just having him back in the in the fold for him is you know you know time after time with damon i think the series is always hopeful hey this is the time that he's not gonna get too power hungry and he's gonna gonna help me out and help me rule the rule the realm so i think it's uh you know both the good good you know relief for the series but also that kind of in the back of his head knowing that hey this is probably gonna cause me a little bit of problems uh coming up yeah, and I think it was good to show that um, them actually being like pleasant towards each other because at the, up up to this point, you know, it's been kind of like, hey, I've defended you, but you spurned me. So we needed that that like a camaraderie sort of scene, uh, but between the t- between them t- between the two, and uh, then also really for me, the highlight of that scene was like what comes towards the end of it or as you start sort of shifting uh when alicent comes up and she's like oh well there's oh, yeah. this, like art gallery with tapestries yeah. <laughs> maybe we could go see it and, and viserys is like oh yeah let's say you really want to go see you know like it's like, <laughs> super cool yeah. so funny like so funny yeah so, it's that's literally it very Damon's natural of thing. like brothers it's how brothers act they do oh my god how'd yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that 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 was great um, and you could tell it tell at that point where you get to kind of see his frustration uh with with Rhaenyra as well where he's normally not so yeah uh so snappy with her where he's like uh where she's like well I kind of wanted to see him he's like well then go see him if you want I don't really care you know kind of just uh right. you know yeah do it do it yeah. by yourself then I mean you know? yeah I mean <laughs> for the past like at this point it's it's years 
you know, Viserys lives his day wondering how his brother and his daughter might screw up his day. And he's finally having a decent day. And he's just like, please, please don't don't bring me down somebody, right now. Let's not, had, let's not somebody, have another tragedy today. His wife had just told the funniest joke she's ever told. He's like, you know, Damon wanting to go see the art pieces and the tapestries. And he was he was cackling over that. He thought that was good, man. He was that, right. he, you know, right. he thought that was a three fingered knee slapper right there. OK, so. Right. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, that that. You know, going into that scene, I think that scene uh, immediately led into the conversation between uh, Rhaenerys and Alicent, where they kind of this is kind of the last conversation that they have really as friends, I guess, uh, that we see them talking about how, um, oh, you know, we're trapped in this tower and, uh, you know, our only in the jo- only job is to have kids. And now Alicent, you know, this is a couple years, I think what? Uh, I don't know how many how much time has passed since the tournament. I don't I, I think not much. Uh, a couple since of, the, is it a, a year? Since her a since her dad? Days? Since her dad? Not no, I mean, not since, since the tournament, since the mom. Since oh, the uh, about six months, uh, right? She home. was two, three months. She yeah, was months, it, she was about two months into like a six month tour. Yeah. That sound about so, right. I mean Yeah. It, yeah. And it's not super, um, super yeah, so long. It, it was no. But yeah, so it, it was not long before then that, you know, Alice, it was all about, oh, having kids is so easy. It's so much fun. I love doing this. And now she's starting to realize, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, so that, that you know, that dynamic w- was good to see, especially, you know, what's coming soon, um, which we'll get to what we all's opinion. A- oh, and one thing I also want to talk about was uh, uh Rainer uh, and Damon kind of speak in Valerian, kind of just out in the open. It is cool to see how, like, how these Targaryens interact and how they the they're Targaryens, and that's what makes them different than all these other people. Is they can just have these full on conversations in Valerian, and you know they can talk about shit that they probably normally wouldn't talk about out in public. Um, and, and that really bring you know kind of in well, I would say it does put them a step above you know, everyone else. Yeah. I usually say that's the dragons and not the two languages, but you know, I, I can, I can agree <laughs> with some of your points there that, uh, that, that, I mean, they have this, they carry this air about them, you know, all, all of them. Um, yeah. But to your point on, on Allison and Rhaenyra speaking, um, you know, it really does feel like, okay, some of that friendship had been renewed. There seemed to be some genuine, Hey, I'm glad you're, you know, um, you know, is he mad? Is he going to be mad? He's like, ah, he probably going to be, you know, a little, a little miffed at you, uh, to be, to be truthful. Uh, but Hey, but I am glad you're home and you know, I'm glad to be home. And it seemed like, Hey, you know, maybe some inroads have been repaired in that, that short period before, uh, that hunt re- really kind of helped, you know, settle some things, you know, kept murdering a boar that attacks you. Is very very cathartic, you know. You're able to release a lot of the demons that maybe <laughs> she'd been kind of carrying around. Um, and I think especially once her father had said, you know, marry for love, just like I did. You know, do it, do whatever you need to do, but you got to have somebody. I think that kind of released some tension on Allison. Uh, but you do kind of see that relationship repaired uh, a little bit, or on the mend from what we had seen it previous. Yeah. 
yeah and and their relationship too because it's you know the most important relationship in the entire show because it's like the whole thing um yeah. you know it's i think it's easy this season to really have the focus be on like around viserys um just because like he's alive uh and he, uh you know that's not the case for the whole certainly the whole event but um you know like the alice and Rhaenyra relationship dynamic is the whole thing and so it is that we've we've had this sort of like teetering back and forth uh and so to get it yeah this is going to be one of the last conversations they sort of have uh as as friends because really their whole relationship is going to kind of break loose uh you know in the, in the following weeks yeah um so we move forward now to uh Rhaenyra sneaking out uh she she has these notes uh written in a lot of valerian uh, you know, with all these, you know, maps of secret passageways, which is kind of creepy that your uncle kind of has a map of where your bed of your bedroom and stuff in your bed. Uh, but I guess it's one of the least creepy things in this episode. They uh, did for, say he was going to be the next. They, <laughs> they did say he was going to be the next Magor if he ever got on the throne. I'm pretty sure that's who installed all of the secret passages and stuff inside the, the Red yeah. Keep. Is that is that correct? It was Magor that kind of revamped mm-hmm. the security yeah, yeah. system. The uh, the Red Keep yeah. security uh, brought him in and then murdered all of them after they built them. So uh, nobody, so um, <laughs> so that he was so that he was the only one who would. Know, so he's yeah. the only one, yeah. And then I mean, yeah. I guess a very select few people he told. He's like, hey, check this out. <laughs> you know, he gets a little drunk and he's like, you want to see something dope? Yeah, I mean, you're bragging like, about those secret just, passageways. He's like popping <laughs> open. He hits a brick and it just like a whole door opens. He's like, yeah, I'm, I killed like six guys to make that. So no big deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah love you know always love the kind of re- reference back to these these secret passages and you know where all they're going to be uh, and getting to see her go down and, and kind of go into the night and kind of see what the people that she she's going to rule um are seeing and getting to do every, every night <clears throat> with yeah. with Damon. Um, one thing i yeah one thing i really liked was uh something small but just seeing her leave the uh the 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 tomb area where uh you you know where like balerion's uh skull is because i mean that is that area is one of the final scenes in a game of thrones with cersei and jamie we get to finally see where in like i was always under the impression that it was like underground it was like a underground tomb but now and obviously i'm wrong it's high up above it go it goes down you leave you go down a stairway you go right down Uh, so i kind of like seeing giving us kind of a, a real world where it is in King's Landing, uh, and you know, well, it, it's, and it's the, not underground. Well, it's in the Red Keep, which is up above. So I mean, it is underground yeah. from. Yeah. The, well, I always assumed it. Well, yeah, I always assumed it was like in the under. I always assumed it was like right. in the mountain, like, like under, you're going like, down towards the gotcha. towards sea level. Yeah, yeah well, especially um, because in in Game of Thrones, there's a there's a scene where Arya in like season one goes down and she's like hiding inside of a dragon skull. It's not Balerion's dragon skull. Right. It's a different one, but it's still like this massive skull. And so then like, that's the only time you ever actually even see that like scene uh, and that, and that angle. And so then later they reference it. So a lot of people will like, it's just easy in your mind to be like, to think it's like the same place, although it's not. Right. Yeah. Didn't we also see it uh, when they were testing out the uh, ballista? On, yep. Didn't they test that on Balerian skull? On Balerian skull and it cracks it. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I mean, if you're going to test it, I mean, I mean, even if you don't care about the dragons, I feel like test it on any other skull right. there. I mean, well, that's if, it, if, just, it's, if it'll go through Balerian skull, it'll definitely. Crack yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it was just the best. Uh, the, skull is, uh, the skull is like this. The skull is Valerian's skull is like the size of Drogon. So yeah, imagine being the the Grand Maester who's in charge of like keeping track of all like the uh, the yeah, collectibles, right. and he's like, oh man, <laughs> these these Lannisters and Baratheons are killing me. The historian, <laughs> the historian guy comes around and he's like, has Kyburn been around? He's like, yeah. He's like, <sighs> he just like walks off. He's like, hey, I'm gonna take a sick, I'm gonna take a sick day, man. I can't get yelled at for this again. Like this is just too much. Uh. But uh, so we end up seeing throughout uh, King's Landing and we see it one, for one of the I think this might be the first time that we actually see like the nightlife of King's Landing, because I've usually in all the, every other scene we see King's Landing, it's when Joffrey's going through or it's the uh, the the uh, the faith militant uh, have taken over. So this we'll is the first time brothels, we've seen it. Like, we've seen brothels, but um, yeah, we've seen some we've brothels, seen but that. we've never seen it like, 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 like it's like a carnival going on, and it's right. the full on like it's like going through Vegas, you know. So it, it was it was really cool seeing all that, you know, seeing the uh, the jesters, you know, seeing all these people just like having fun out there, and getting to see Rhaenyra's, you know, her reaction to seeing this probably for what is the first time ever. What was y'all's yeah. uh, thoughts on getting to see the, uh, that side of King's Landing? Yeah, it was sick. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, no, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was definitely cool because, uh, yeah, as, as you guys, as you said, really, if you think about it in Game of Thrones, yeah, it's usually we go to brothels or like nightlife is the things we see at night are involved like guards and they're going down to round round somebody up or it's like somebody sneaking in. I think that, yeah, that is the first time we see specifically like King's Landing with uh some sort you know kind of like people party flea bottom basically in like a little opium you know whorehouse step yeah exactly the what, what what the locals would call the real flea bottom you know not where all the tourists come into right. town <laughs> yeah. for, for the tournaments and stuff like we're out here living life here repping fb down here you know uh let's drinking yeah. drinking and and whoring in the streets we don't need no brothel there's a per perfectly good alley or a man's fruit stand right beside me so i don't need you know yeah. uh uh but I, I you know i loved it i i really really enjoyed them uh damon taking her to the play i think it's always super interesting because we got a little bit of, you know the play aspect from the from the commoners in game of thrones uh and kind of seeing this play and seeing what they actually think of her and and we see you know one of what you know can be per perceived as a weak spot and what can be one of Rhaenyra's downfalls is her, her pride and her unwillingness to understand that common people do help make choices, you know, whether you believe it or not, they're not in the, in the small council chamber making a choice, but I guarantee you if nobody can leave the castle and they're, you know, stealing all the food that's coming in, that, makes choices for you so for her to say wow like i care what they'll say you know they'll listen to me because i'm the queen is almost kind of a slap in the face to what you thought you know she knew about leadership because that's a fundamental misunderstanding that yeah i don't right. have to they don't I, don't I don't have to have you know do exactly what they want but their feelings matter a little bit as long as they're down here having fun and partying down here we're all good but it's when they're not able to do that that they can cause a problem for you. 
So even Damon kind of tells her, you know, you can jest all you want, but, uh, but just so you know, like you're going to be, if you want to be their queen, you need to understand who they are and what motivates them. Uh, like yeah. any good leader should. Yeah. It's, uh, it's ultimately a good move. I mean, you know, for whatever reasons it, it, that at least that portion of the, of the trip was, <laughs> uh, you know, was, was good. Uh, hundred percent. Yeah. I was, you know, I was watching the scene. I was thinking, man, this is one of the first times that someone's actually sitting down with her and being like, all right, he like being a leader is not just sitting on a throne with black fire and telling people what to do. You're going to have to, you know, think of the people and, and, you know, realize that you're like, yeah, your power is in your dragon, but it's not just that. And yeah. obviously that, you know, the, the lesson kind of changes here in a minute. Uh, and it gets said a, uh, to, but to, I, your, <laughs> to your point, Bobby, Rainice had a dragon. Okay. She still has a dragon. I mean, you can have a dragon yeah. and not be, you know, <laughs> the, the queen. So just so, just so we're clear yeah. about everything. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now we move on to the brothel scene, which, um, you know, I, I think a lot of us who knew the books knew if this was eventually coming. I didn't think it was happening this early on. Um, and obviously it was probably the most talked about scene of the episode, probably of the season. I think a lot more, um, while the battle of episode three was absolutely amazing, the, uh, the way that this scene was done was very, was very good. You, you, they, cause they could have gone full HBO and just been taking it too far. Um, but I, I think they, they took, they, they did it right in this. Um, obviously we see, uh, them starting to get physical. Uh, so I guess the question is, you know, because again, this show, much like the book is a lot of, you know, maybe this happened this way. Maybe it didn't happen. Do you think that they did the deed or do you think that they stopped early? No, they definitely stopped early in my mind. Um, because, it that, seemed like yeah, Damon. I agree. Well, Damon, Damon was trying to teach her in my mind in a weird Damon Targaryen type of way, trying to teach her a lesson. <laughs> we've already, you know, we've already seen, we've already seen her at the, at the play and him trying to, you know, give his wisdom off to her. Um, and then we see him at the brothel and he's almost trying to, you know, take advantage or you know pull her in like make sure he's in control and you know then she i think she does kind of a very damon targaryen thing back to him and kind of starts to dig it and that kind of takes the power dynamic away from damon in my mind when he so he kind of right you know bounces off he's like all right well this really isn't as fun as i I had previously anticipated um with my uh with my niece so i'm gonna I'm going to peace out, homie, you know, I'm getting out of here. So, um, right. Yeah. So I didn't think they, I mean, not, not that time specifically. And especially I think it, that's evident following up with what she does, uh, after the, yeah. after the fact is, is makes it very clear, yeah. makes it very clear that she goes in with, a. We could say an appetite, I guess, is the probably the right word. She runs back in and Sir Kristen Cole yeah. is there and uh, she, you know, does what a younger girl will do to tease somebody. Oh, take your helmet. Let's, you know, 
uh, let's kind of, you know, oh, you got to come back in to get it. And so, so, so do, I mean, she's a good looking girl and he's always kind of looked at, looked at her in a, a different light. So I think that that makes it kind of clear that she never soiled herself, uh, as they, as they say, uh, as Otto Hightower <laughs> would say. <clears throat> <laughs> uh matt what are your thoughts on the brothel scene yeah uh well exactly i definitely don't think that they went they didn't nearly go you know the whole way because i think that is you know one of the reasons she goes back and um is so i guess i don't know what what the word i'm looking for frustrated is, yeah i guess yeah she's frustrated uh is definitely a word for it and then um that's why she is like, well, Kristen Cole, you get in here, right? Your your turn. Um, <laughs> you, I guess you looking yeah, good, yeah. I. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, same. Th- yeah, agree. Yeah, definitely agree with what you guys are saying. You know, she she goes into the brothel, and then Damon's showing him sort of. Damon is showing her again a different kind of side of everything, uh, and then you know it's sort of also a weird power play where he wants to be sort of in you know control of the situation and then i think once she starts to take control a little bit i think then he is less i don't know yeah like he is he's he's less into it i think i think he's into it i think that the reason it doesn't happen is we've seen now a couple times i think he has it i whether it's an issue with impotence i mean we see in the most recent episode uh some further proof of that we see in one of the earlier episodes where she's like, do you want me to bring in someone with blonde hair? Like, uh, right. so we, this is not the first time we've seen him have issues. And I think that, you know, as many Targaryens have issues in a lot of different ways that the moment, and I, I think you both right. The moment she takes control, he's like, mm, nope, this boils um, down. I'm, I'm losing it here. Boils um, down to their, to his power. You kind of see it in every scene in that very first scene that we see Damon when he's got my, he, he's, you know, going to town on my area, he's he's good for a bit, but then you can kind of see he's inside of his head. He's thinking about you know what he's gonna you know do when he goes to the Red Keep and the and so kind of every scene that you kind of see that that I don't I don't know that it's impotence as much as it is just like uh, this isn't this isn't gratifying for him, me. You know, like I'm doing I'm going through the motions and you know yeah hooking up with these girls. I don't know if hook up is the right word of banging girls and brothels, but hooking up with these girls in <laughs> just because I'm supposed to, because I'm Damon Targaryen. I'm, you know, the Prince of the city. Uh, you know, I'm just this guy that's supposed to do this stuff. It, it doesn't seem as though, I mean, at any real, at any real point that we've seen Damon have any type of enjoyment of anything that he's doing, except for when he's on, on the tourney uh, and when he's in the tourney and when he's talking with, with Rhaenyra or when he's talking with Viserys alone, uh, you yeah. know, his family, not Viserys with Otto around yeah. or he's not talking to the King. He's getting to talk to his brother. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I think that is a, I think that's a great point, especially about Damon as a character, because, I don't think Damon wants the throne. I think Damon wants to be. I don't think he does either. Parallel to the throne, he he wants he wants he wants to be in the game. He wants to be in the room where it happens. Like he doesn't like to be at you know at, at in the veil. He doesn't want to be um, not on the council. He wants well, he, no. It's he, not even the council. He, he, wants he wants to be able to say I'm here. He wants to be the hand. Of he the wants king. to be the hand. That's he, it. He, yeah. 
He he can't yeah. he, he won't suffer he yeah. won't suffer anybody else's opinion you know he, he wants people's opinions and he's able to make good decisions but he wants to feel like he's guided that decision not Otto Hightower guiding somebody yeah. to that decision yeah but Damon but he doesn't want the consequences of bad decision right. of bad decision making happening on him he wants to be able to say oh okay well I'm the power behind the curtain not the power in front exactly. of the curtain. Right. Yeah. And he definitely he definitely would not want to actually be king because he wouldn't want any of the weight that comes with it. But yeah, it is a control. It's definitely a control thing, because remember, in episode three, as soon as Viserys sends the letter, that's like, hey, I'm going to send you aid. He freaks out. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I will not take it. I really, really quickly. I want to know. And we're ending this now because then he can have he could have won it on his terms. He's like, either I'm going to die um, and right that actually... now or we're winning. <laughs> I just wanted to, <laughs> yeah. I, I did want to say uh, real quick, Bob, I wanted to talk real quick about, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I can't buy this whole, wow, you know, he, Chris and Cole was kind of seduced into this. And do you know how long it would take, would have taken him to take off that armor? He had like 45 oh. minutes. He had like yeah, 45 right. minutes to change his mind. Yeah. Okay? It's why I'm saying, like, look, that was a conscious yeah. decision. Yeah, man. even <laughs> even in yeah, even in Dungeons and Dragons, to take off heavy plate mail takes like ten minutes to don off and right. on armor. That's, like that takes a minute. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> like, so like, my boy was like, uh, I don't know, but in his mind, he's already plotting the best like order in which to take things off. He's like, gotta go chess plays off first, so I got the mobility here. You yeah. know, he's already thought about it. Yeah. Like to be fair, he is. He is a Dornish man, so he may have like a he might have built like a like a trap thing that he can just pull and it all just falls off in one minute. Yeah, right. Just, I mean, because this Dornish dude be like that, just, just falls off, just falls off, and he's naked. He was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. This yeah, is actually double." Yeah, I gotta. I, yeah. You know, they don't pay me a lot. Yeah, so I it's got a ripper. It's ripper way armor. I got a second job at Flea Bottom. So, <laughs> uh, but um, but oh yeah, so that kind of takes us right into the next scene of uh, Misaria. You know, we see this kid run and give the news that he sees uh, uh, Rhaenyra's and Damon in a brothel. This is the same kid we see uh, in the room with Missaria, who we find out is the White Worm. So we kind of have a triangle here of the White Worm re- uh, reporting to Otto. Is, um, is Damon using Missaria knowingly? to feed some information to Otto, or do you think that he's out of the loop and she's, uh, she's feeding information about uh, Damon without him knowing, or do you think it's a little bit of both and it's all just kind of a mess? Both. It's definitely both. Yeah. 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 No, she's definitely playing her own game on the side for sure. Yeah. I think she's highest Um, bidder. You know, whoever whoever's willing to pay her the most yeah. is the is the person that gets whatever they need from her. Yeah, um, there has been a rumor that I've seen on some Reddit and some places where people are saying that uh, Damon took Rhaenyra's to the brothel, knowing that the rumor would get back and it would cause Otto to kind of push his, you know, show his cards a little bit and, you know, push the envelope a little bit. And then that would result in Otto getting, you know, thrown off. Personally, I don't like that because whereas Otto is a Damon and Otto are both very, very skilled at playing the game in both different ways. Uh, Otto, I believe, is very thought out. He is three steps ahead of everyone all the time. 
except with for Damon. And I think we see that a lot where Damon is a master tactician in the moment. Well, he Damon, can, when, it, when something pops up, he is able to say, all right, here's how I can use that to my advantage right now. And that's a wild card. And Otto ha- can't prepare for a wild card. And that's why he, he doesn't want Damon anywhere near uh, Viserys. Yeah, I think you answered. I think Damon, is, Damon doesn't play the game traditionally, and therefore he's not predictable. What a guy like Jason Lannister is going to do is always predictable. He thinks he's the he <laughs> thinks he's the hot shot on campus. He is most certainly going to come to uh, come to Viserys and try to get his daughter's hand in in marriage. We probably all could have, you know, if we were all playing the Game of Thrones, that's what Jason Lannister would do. Whereas Damon, I'm sure they had a pool on it. <laughs> oh my goodness, there was guys like told you, told you, like you know, like got it three weeks, dude, three weeks, and that was with the Raven that went down, you know. So I mean, I definitely won. Um, and so you know, Damon is so un unpredictable, <clears throat> and so you, I mean, that's a, that's a rumor that's going around. I think that that has some viability, and and the reason for that is kind of skipping to the scene where they have uh, right after this scene with Mysaria where they drag it where they're dragging Damon in to meet with the king and uh you know he comes in with black fire and gives him uh as usual has black fire on and gives him a good swift kick and a couple of kicks i think it could, there could be some truth to it based on how he answered he never denied when he said she soiled you know you've taken you know taken her honor or whatever um he never denies it, but he's just like, well, then wed her to me. And, you know, I think that's ultimately his ultimate plan was he wants to be wed to rain, uh, to Rhaenyra, uh, because I think that's who he really wants to be wed to like truly not yeah. no power, no power play, nothing and nothing yeah. to do with anything other than what actually wanting her. Um, and so we get to see that fun, that fun little scene, but we didn't mention Otto going in and telling Viserys uh, the, the news <laughs> and the very, the, ba- the best so part funny. is who checks, who doesn't, who doesn't check like the other room? Like you're given some of the most sensitive information that's ever been. I mean, and maybe he did it on purpose cause it was his daughter, but who doesn't check the, you know, check the back room for, for extra people. But yeah, telling them about the, uh, and so Allison getting to hear that really, really changes this story. I think Matt mentioned it earlier that the dynamic between Allison and Rhaenyra is is so vital to this whole story, not just this yeah. episode or anything, but literally the whole story. Her hearing this information is pretty is is pretty damning for Rhaenyra and the and the future of that that relationship that we seem to think was getting on the men's early on in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, well, Damon knows, and I think I think he he knows. I think he's he's you know he's interested in Rhaenyra from the get go. I think he's interested in her because if he he knows, hey, if he marries her, then there's a lot of things. Like even just in like episode one, like you know, there's a a a little you can tell there's like a little thing between them Um, because then it gives him a Valyrian wife. It also gives him. Uh, it strengthens his claim to the throne. It strengthens his, his claim to the throne even more so once uh, Rhaenyra is named heir. And then it's even more vital once young Aegon is born. So it's like there's that. Then also he is still kind of obsessed with this idea of Aegon the Conqueror and having multiple wives. 
So he has that. So there's a lot of dynamics be- behind uh, Egg or Damon wanting to marry Rhaenyra. Yeah, I, I think we see a lot throughout this, just how pivotal the Targaryen name is to Damon. That at the end of the day, above wanting power, you know, and, and we even see it in the most recent episode, which we're not talking about today, but we hear the term a couple times already, a second age of dragons, which, spoiler alert, for, we, we know, doesn't we, we don't get a second age of dragons because of what's coming up in the next couple decades. Um, but it's so vital. Both both brothers recognize how vital the dragons are to this family, and they need to keep it strong. Both, you know, literally with dragons that breathe fire, and figuratively of the Targaryen bloodline. And and it, and it is cool to see the difference between Damon and someone like Viserys, who is willing to marry a high tower or a uh, or an Aaron. That's so that's so uh, such a good point. I mean, it's it seems like a family like this that wants this dynasty. It seems like the one thing that they're not concerned enough about forget heirs and forget who's taken over the throne. It just does not seem like they're very interested in propagating the entirety of the Targaryen line, which we can see at some points, you know, is both a good thing and a bad thing, I guess, depending on, you know, where it's where it's propagated. But there are not many Targaryens uh, around right now. I mean, what? I think in, in yeah. the world, there's a five. <clears throat> if we're talking about actual Targaryens got- and not including the Valerians, um, you know, with the with right. the with the Valerian heritage. Yeah, there's you got Rhaenys, you got Viserys, you got Rhaenyra, Daemon, and Aegon. I don't. I, mean, we got- I don't know how many. Uh, yeah, Aegon. Okay, yeah. Aegon. I don't know. So I don't know, but I don't know how many of uh, Viserys, uh, Viserys's um, then, uncles and aunts are still alive. Okay, um, so that's something I don't know. But yeah, they're, I think, they're they're, I think, lot, I think that's why. Yeah, I th- yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I these think that's two... why the choices were between Rhaenys and Viserys for king. Yeah, and queen. that's what like, I'm that, saying. That's there why. Were, um, were many good choices available. So. Uh, it just seems it just seems weird. I guess I guess Helena at this point is probably born uh, in this episode, or is that uh, are we still waiting for Helena Targaryen? I think, I think, that, uh, I think, I think that's going to happen during the big time jump. That's coming. yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So I mean, and so into next but, episode. And another thing, you yeah, and you're talking about propagating Targaryens. You know, for for these dudes who keep saying the age of dragons, motherfuckers get your dragons out there, you know, get them mate and get, get them out of a pit. Stop putting them in a pit. Let them, this is a panda go, situation. Mountains, this is know? a panda situation. I think, I yeah. think it's like, they're trying, but like, they don't know. They're like, I'm not, you know, I don't know how to, she's cute, but I don't know. I don't I mean, know I think, about her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, but I mean, was it, was it Aegon or Magor who built the fire pit? Oh, not uh, the, fire, but the dragon pit. pit. Sorry, yeah, the dragon pit. Whoever built probably. the dragon pit, I mean, that's a huge fuck up right there. That's probably that was probably Magor. I mean, let me look. The, I'll look at that. Because I want to say I mean, it's they have to know by now that caging them up is going to make them smaller and make them unhappy. That these are creatures that you can barely but the, control. But don't let talked- a bunch of dudes who can just speak Valerian handle them all the time. Well, but it's it was Magor. Yeah. I mean, yep. Magor is it's a, Magor. Yeah, Magor is the one who's. Mag- is who's who's responsible for the the red keep and like the expansion of the red keep and um the dragon 
Yeah, and he's and he's Magor the Cruel. Let's not forget, like he didn't care about anybody. He didn't care. I mean, I I have no real knowledge of this, but I would have to imagine if I was a maester there on the time, it's like he don't give an f about nobody, dude. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the Targaryen line and the dynamic. Well, the first thing, the first, the first thing Magor does is fly out. Is is you know when as he flies over to the Sept of Baylord, kills the like Grand Maester. He don't. I'm in charge now. There's nothing you're going to do about it. Now, he don't give an F about nothing. So I don't think yeah. he cared. I don't even think he really thought about yeah. it. He's like, oh, my my ancestors are going to have small dragons. I better I better change them, change my ways. <laughs> right. no, yeah, he didn't care. Yeah. But if I, yeah, I mean, at some point uh, and I guess, you know, it's one of those things where as, as readers, we know what's going to we know what's coming. So like we but may, maybe they didn't know that locking up their dragons makes them smaller. I mean, they're coming off of right. one. They're one generation uh, off from the Black Dread. So they're like, I mean, to be honest, we kind of want them a little bit smaller. That well, was a hard, that was inconvenient dealing with Balerion. And Vagar and Vagar is still out there. I mean, as far as anybody knows. So I mean, it's yeah. not like it's not like uh, it's crazy to conceive that these dragons live so long that you can't even really conceive that there wouldn't be any more of them. Because by the time yeah. that there isn't, you know, it's too late. You know, as by the time you know, you know. Yeah. Um. Um, all right, so we now see the uh, Rhaenyra's and Alicent confrontation where, let's just be honest, uh, great acting in this scene from both parties, but uh, 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 Rhaenyra re- just knocks it out of the park with just lying through her teeth. Being like, and she, she didn't is lie, so, like, though. She, she didn't make, lie. She may make some... She I didn't mean, lie. Uh, Damon touched her. Uh, yeah. No, Damon ah, touched her. <laughs> no, no, touched, touched is you're talking about touched in our type of way, like it was physically touched. She meant touched, like meaning she was deflowered, my friend. So no, she didn't lie to her because she okay. swore on her. She swore on her mother that Damon never touched her. Right. Look, a little bit. Look, dude. I'm sorry, Bobby, but you need to grow up, man. A little bit of making out between a, <laughs> between a, between an uncle and a niece in a brothel in 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 flea bottom. I mean, grow up, man. Like, get woke, buddy. It happens a little bit, okay? So, I mean, just chill <laughs> on that. <laughs> but um, one thing. I will be honest, this whole scene, I'm very confused. Like, okay, say, say they did bang. What exactly is Allison's biggest issue here? Is it people simply knowing. because it's people knowing. uncle and niece? No, people knowing. Like, so it yeah. feels like it was, yeah, it I, I feel like, I think, I think because it ultimately hurts Viserys. Sure, but I gonna, feel like then her issue yeah. should be like, on and then be like hey you know no. how nobody would know this if my it, dad wasn't spying on you it, no but it goes back right. to but no but it ultimately goes back to the beginning of the episode alicent has outside of her own and her family's ambitions kind of gone out on a limb multiple times for rainiera and said something about well rain you know like in front of lots of lots of different you know ladies of different houses that Rainier is the heir, that she doesn't want Aegon to be the heir. You know, she's not, it's not like that with her. And she's going to, and she probably went out on a limb for her and went to bat for her when she came home early from her, from her tour. And all of these things that she's done for her friend, 
it's kind of, I mean, you know, just going out and the flea bottom and bang, banging your uncle. It's uncouth, man. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's like, man, I've really went bat. I went to bat for you yeah. and you do, and you do this to me. So I think that's yeah, if really. If you're going to bang your uncle, mostly. you got to do it in the red keep. Right. Ju- I, I mean, don't let, just fine keep if you bang your uncle. Just don't let people know about it. And, I mean, you know, yeah. exactly. I mean, but um, that's ultimately the, I think that the bigger problem is now people knowing about it affects her and everything she said and where it puts her in a weird position. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest problem for, for Allison. Yeah. Um, and to go, um, I believe that it, uh, yeah, the, the dagger scene is after this, uh, where, uh, Damon is, uh, you know, drunk, you know, hung over, brought to, um, you know, the throne room earlier when you said that he, that Viserys had black fire. I'll have to watch it again. I, for some reason thought he didn't, but you're, you're probably right. Um, cause I, I remember thinking at the time that this scene I liked the scene because this is this this is what sh- how it should have happened when Damon said the prince for a day. This was not a show to me. This was Viserys being a king and being that. genuinely pissed off at his brother coming in, and he didn't make a show out of it. It's it's just the two of him. The, the he the, the the guards left. He didn't need a bunch of guys there to back him up. He didn't need Blackfire. He I think came he in, had Blackfire and, and then he set get, it down. He puts to... the dagger. Okay, okay, because I know he put the dagger up. To, and one thing about this scene also is that we see uh, we see the scar on uh, Damon from, and which kind of tells me uh, maybe maybe Damon's not a true dragon because he's got a, a fire burn from when he took that arrow to the neck. And oh, fire don't fire don't burn no, a dragon. No, it's not. They're just more fire resistant. I mean, they they're, they're not fireproof. They're not, you know. He's not Johnny. Johnny, what is it? Uh, Daenerys seemed pretty fireproof. Daenerys is pretty fireproof. Yeah, she is. Yeah, for sure. The whole but fireproof business, though, is yeah, is it's like it's like pretty rare, like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Know, for for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder. I don't. I wonder <laughs> if there is a track of which Targaryens were true dragons, like Daenerys. I don't know if that's something uh, information that that's in in Fire and Blood, or maybe the World of Ice and Fire. Uh, I would be interested to, to find that out. Well, I mean, um, fi- fire and blood. Because I mean, you John, have to think even it, John isn't even John isn't fireproof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you got to think at one proof. point, maybe back in old Valeria, they were like, all right, guys, we're going to we're going to pick our king and queen by whoever's fireproof. And they're like, guys, we got to stop doing this all way right. too much. Not enough. Not nearly enough people are fireproof. We got to stop right. picking people who lead. with. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a very, <laughs> but to go to the actual uh, scene, I thought it was a very important scene. Obviously, retconning in more wonderfulness about this, about this dagger that started this journey for all of us. A lot of us, you know, some people were book readers before the show. I was not, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, nerd culture guy. And so I watched the show and then I, I became a book reader. So more about this dagger, you, you learn. But we also get the line that Damon's been saying to Viserys the whole the whole series but finally it got through to to Viserys all right i'll get you know i'll get married as she said as she says to to Sir Lenor i'll do my duty but you got to do something about that vulture that parasite sitting up on that throne with you man like yeah. you, you got to the old boy is just sitting there yeah. taking advantage of you and steering you whichever way you know you talk all about the targaryens being the the powerhouse but it seems like House Hightower is the is the king right now and kind of going whichever way that suits them. So 
uh, finally, somebody has has said that um, to Viserys, and it kind of stuck. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, quick question, and this is kind of maybe going off topic a little bit. Do you think the cat's paw dagger is going to be as important in the rest of the books when we get them uh, as it is in the show? I mean, it's hard to hard to say with George. I mean, yeah, George has George has seemed to kind of steer what he want, what he wants wanted to do in the future, kind of based on things that have already happened and responses he's got to things like, oh, people figured out some things. So let's maybe steer the core. So maybe I mean, uh, I mean, with the with the amount of of screen time it's getting on this show, I mean, you have to think there's something more to this dagger. Than, than we even know. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, we know yeah. that they perhaps put a little teaser for the Jon Snow show. Yeah, we we know D and D had some loose guidings of what George wanted to do. So I mean, you know, despite whether you like the the last season or not, and how it actually went, I I would imagine that that's just a you know scrunched up version of kind of what George wanted to lay out on the on the table, you know, and. Um, so the, the thought process that that dagger is the one that kills the night King is not only not inconceivable, but, but more probable than anything. I mean, he probably knew that from the time he wrote game of Thrones, this is going to be carry through. So, I mean, I would imagine, yeah, absolutely. I think it has, has, has a lot to do with something. Yeah. I mean, it's also the cover of the books. Right. I mean, like even some of the older edition books and stuff like that, like it is like the thing that's on the cover of the first book. Um, It it heavily involves Bran, who was like the whole George's whole idea for this entire book series comes from the opening scene where it's Bran standing there with Ned Stark as as Ned Stark, you know, kills a. uh, You know, I mean, he literally created kills the Night's Watch or certain. He created that like little short story, right? And yeah, that created, that's that's went, off, that's went off the whole deal. So amazing, Bran is like super important, and as is the the cat's paw dagger. It's also important to note that George is way more involved in this yeah. show than he was yes. in Thrones. So he, the fact that they are yeah, featuring that, yeah. it multiple times, I think, is is significant. When he said, I think oh, he said in, yeah, I think he said uh, in it interviews interviews that saying like yeah like the history books you're never going to be able to get it all but like what's happening in the show is what i intended to happen so i mean you know there was always that speculation about sir Kristen cole did they ever hook up did they ever get together well now we know i mean that's not something that was in the history book but something that we get to know i think that's super awesome i love that i mean because like that's what fire and blood is and that's what the the world of ice and fire is is they're history books they're written to be history books and i think that makes it better not worse that they're a little different than the shows yeah specifically that this is a history book written from different perspectives perspectives that we as a viewer need to realize might not be a hundred percent how it went down and we see that with you know like the you know the prince for a day thing you know and that's what that's what adds you know that kind of you know black you know kind of grayish area that makes this show so good i think um so we're coming up on about an hour uh 
you know, this the, one of the final scenes, uh, you know, where, you know, Otto and uh, Viserys kind of are is, confronts each other and, you know, he calls him out. You know, Allison wa- was a was a distraction. It was a good distraction. And he, you know, he, he's ha- maybe he's happy that distraction went how it went. Uh, you know, he has a son now, but it was a distraction nonetheless. And Otto's out of there. Yeah, I think uh, I think a very important part of that was him talking about how 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 convenient he was when he was there when um was it uh, was it Baylor? Baylor, you know, was was named the heir and the hand and how, you know, unfortunate uh it was for Baylor that he that he dies. Uh but so fortunate for Otto and um and how Otto has taught him how to be king and you know, and it's almost, it's almost a slap into Otto's face. Uh, him saying that he taught him how to be King because he cl- very clearly did not s- catch Otto one Oh one. And that's to scheme <laughs> and always be playing and always be kind of inserting your opinion, different places. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, it really has seemed like for the past, what is it 14 years at this point past when when he the great council 14 years of him being king and he's really learned nothing at this point he's learned you know not 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 realizing that he's basically been kind of puppeteered by this one one guy um and not listen to other good counsel that he's gotten over the years and he's kind of finally seen it i guess it took his teenage daughter kind of throwing it in his face saying hey you know i'll do what i'm supposed to do if you do what you're supposed to do um and and it's fine and it's like one of those things where you you know you've always kind of known something in the back of your head and finally he just got to finally throw it in otto's face and um you know otto yeah. does does his best uh all hurt puppy impression but you know Gears are already turning in Otto's head. He's already kind of oh, figuring yeah. out how to how he needs yeah. to move from this. Yeah, yeah, and and we see once again that it takes the interference of someone else for Viserys to act like the king he needs to be. He to make it to actually make a decision and not just kind of be like, well, maybe let's see what happens. It takes his daughter stepping up and be like, all right, cool, you do you. Or I'll I'll do what you need, but you need to take care of your own house first. When you're king in this yeah. time frame, when you're king in this time frame, nobody should feel comfortable enough rolling up in in your room at nine a.m. in the morning to tell you that your daughter just got banged last night at a brothel, dude. Like you've got to you got to <laughs> tighten up you got to tighten up the ship, buddy. Okay, that's like a wait till noon type situation. Like dudes had breakfast, like dudes had coffee, like yeah. And you tell him when he's at the throne room from one end of it, so he can't grab you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you think about the uh, the auto scene at the, at the very end? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We For a long time, we've been wondering who wrote the pink letter, uh, you know, in the main series. But we found out who wrote the pink slip, okay? Because Viserys scanned <laughs> All right, right there. Boom. Get Boom. out of here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you fought. So, so that was good. You fought, Otto. Yeah. Yeah, get out of here, buddy. But, uh, no, it was, no, it was, no, it was, it was a good scene because, you know, Viserys has really been, he really is kind of like this season. He's kind of the Ned Stark. He's kind of like the key figure. 
and everything yeah. is sort of happening around him. And so to see his sort of back and forth and where he's going, because everybody, everything that's going on ultimately is kind of just even the way they're telling it is run through him or it surrounds him or it's causing him to make his decisions. So for him to now sort of back Damon, even though he tells Damon to get out of here, uh, tells him to get out too, you know, then he still fires Otto and he's like, you know, I've, I've realized the errors of my, of my ways by having you around for so long. Yeah. Um, but all right. Uh, so we've kind of gone through all the, you know, the major there's anything else. What, any overall notes about this episode that you guys have? All I've got one thing. It's Lionel Strong season, baby. Let's go. Let's go. It's it's old Lionel Strong. <laughs> it's his time to his time to step up to the plate and shine like we all know that he can. So that's all I've got to say. Yeah, uh just like the episode yeah, the the episode um just in general, episode episode 4. I mean, every episode of this show so far has been just awesome. And so yeah. it it's they've all been so good. Even like episodes like this where the action is a little lower. There still was some action. The dialogue it feels weighted, it feels important, it feels like it matters. Um you can see like you can like almost you can just feel the tension in all of the different um threads that are you know slowly slowly building and building and building and it's going to build to something that's going to you know we've seen the trailers where something's going to happen by the end of the season it's going to be like a huge just meltdown uh and you yeah. can just feel it slowly ri uh, rising each week yeah um and i think we are at the point now in the show because people see it coming uh whether you're a book reader or if you're a book reader you probably know a little bit more about it but if you're just a show watcher you, you see this the the division happening uh, so we could, it's, we're at this point in the show now where we can start asking guests this, uh, Matt, uh, team black or team green. Oh, for me, I'm, well, I'm, I mean, it's an, I'm team black, right? Because, you know, it's, it's like when, when Allison talks to, when Allison asks Rhaenyra about like, Oh, did you hook up with your uncle or whatever? And she says something about like, it's the Targaryens have weird traditions. It's like, oh, the Targaryens are Kings. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah, so no, I'm ultimately, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm team black. But um, I do think that they are doing a good job, especially for even the non-book readers, of making Team Green, even they don't even realize, you know, what it is yet. The people who are only right. show watchers. I think they are they are giving you legit reasons, actually, to sort of potentially be on Team Green. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think um, that's... I, uh, yeah, I think as a... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to agree, like... You know, I mean, and I, honestly, I think it's going to give us some reasons, you know, for those that all have only really read the history books. And I think that there's going to be some little tidbits and stuff in there that you're like, oh, my side really did that. You know, I mean, come on. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm team black as well. But I think that that they have done a good job of dividing. Oops, sorry. Dividing the group as well, kind of keeping them separated. So you kind of know later on when which side these these folks are going to kind of land on with leaving a few in the middle that are going to be a little bit ambiguous to that to that siding of where it's going to be yeah i um you know for the longest time i could never really pick a side i was always kind of just like in between you know cuz a i would have naturally gone team black but man i'm I, i'm a i'm i'm all aboard t team baratheon so i kind of you know yeah. followed them and to hell at high water and they were team green so i was like uh 
But honestly, even after watching the show, I think, you know, I, I think Otto's character is so easily hateable for me, which is a good thing. The acting's amazing. I, I mean, Otto as a character is amazing. He, he, he should not like Otto. Um, kind of pushes me fully into to Team Black. So I think that all three of us are Team Black. Uh, you know, we're going to start keeping a little bit of tally, see, you know, how many Team Greens we actually get. Um, because I, I honestly, I mean, maybe we'll get some. I'm thinking with the way the show is, we're not going to get that many. And but we'll have it, a lot of book readers and the book, re- the book, at least in my mind, the book tends to, to make one right. side seem cooler and more fun. I mean, you know, I guess we, we're not going to get into it, right. uh, but, uh, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just so excited to, to be here, but I, you know, I'm also excited for all right. of the spinoffs and, and what we're going to get. I love the, the Blackwood Bracken thing that's going to kind of hopefully spin off into uh, you know, the Blackfire Rebellion when that we get at some point, which is really what I wanted to be told. So I'm I'm super jazzed how right. well this is being done. And and yeah. and to, and to be fair, I think one of the cool things about it is you can make an argument that actually both sides win in the end. No, like yeah. if what comes after you can make an you can make an argument yeah. that like both sides win or you can make it you can actually sort of or, make an argument well, that this side really wins or this side wins. I yeah. think. I think you could probably I would say both side loses almost. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you, you actually make that make argument the, too. You can make that yeah. probably <laughs> the best argument um, to be made. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, before we do head off, uh, you know, for uh, listeners out there, since we last recorded, it seems like it's uh, pretty confirmed about the Jon Snow show coming up, uh, at least in pre-production. Uh, you know, like we said, like we said, like we joked about last week, I'm sure there's a lot of things in pre-production right. uh, that have been quote unquote confirmed. Let's see what actually gets made. Um, I don't know exactly. I, I kind of hope that the Jon Snow show is just like a I want them to do just like a, a, a 90s sitcom style where it's just him <laughs> living his life of beyond the wall. Right. Have nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Just just, you know, another day in the every, life of, of a wild well, every brain. day. There's like a crazy <laughs> problem. Like he'll walk up and Sam's under an icicle and he's like, what are you doing, Sam? He's like, yeah. I can't move out from under this right. icicle or I die. Yeah. You know? and, and it's all nicely wrapped up in 25 minutes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but um all right matt thank you so much for joining us hey, uh, for me, everyone make sure awesome. uh, of course and everyone make sure to check them out on bend the knee the uh, link will be in the show description um for brandon and matt uh i'm bobby this has been home pod office thank you so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you again next time peace